Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. How long have you been using carton milk? I can say I have for a while now, so I was beyond excited when I found a new and easy way to make plant-based milk with Joy. Joy is a minimally processed nut base with no added sugar and comes in 100% recyclable packaging, unlike traditional plant-based milks. My homemade biscuits have never been fluffier, and my sauces have never been creamier, thanks to adding Joy. Mix it up how you like it, on your own terms. For 10% off of your purchase of Joy, visit addjoy.com, that's A-D-D-J-O-I.com, and type in the code Lena Samford. I am so excited to bring y'all along today for a topic that has really changed my life from day one, and I know it can be life-changing for you, and that's mindfulness. I'll tell you, I was really struggling with feeling connected to myself and to others. I remember I kept telling myself I felt like I was on a hamster wheel to nowhere and really just felt like I lost my lust for life. Have you ever felt that way too? Do you want to be the person who is constantly running, stressing, comparing, and competing in the rat race? Just consuming more, hoping to fill the void and rushing to the next task. Well, I did not. So I started practicing mindfulness and it completely shifted my mindset and improved my well-being more than I could have hoped for. And it's just the beginning. I started to feel a deeper connection with my mind, body, and nature. It opened me back up to feeling alive and started me on the journey to living more sustainably because I felt that deeper connection to everything around me. The best part is that mindfulness is something that you can start easily today. Today, you're going to hear from Lauren Wimmer. Lauren is a mother, a writer, and an intuitive entrepreneur. She practices a slow, lower-waist lifestyle and works as a doula, a womb mentor, period and birth educator, and a Reiki practitioner. Her greatest passion is to help women step back into their wild power through reflections on nature and relationships with its natural cycles. She believes that when we all step further into nature, we find ways to heal our bodies, our mind, and our spirits, in turn, changing the people and the world around us. So you know this one is about to be good, y'all. We get into mindfulness practices and connect the dots between mindfulness and sustainability. We also discuss the human nature connection, slow motherhood, how a woman's cycle is connected to nature, and finally, Lauren walks us through a really great nature-focused mindfulness practice with a prompt to help you connect deeper to yourself and to nature. So without further ado, Lauren Wimmer. 
Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for this conversation. I just want to say that I'm really excited that everybody gets to hear your voice and be with you for a little bit because to me, you have just like such a calming sense about you. (laughs) And I really love that because I always feel better and like refreshed after talking to you. So I know that everybody listening will feel the same way too. Can you take a moment to just kind of introduce yourself to the audience in your own words, and then we can dig in? Yeah. Um, First of all, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Um, (laughs) I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to be calm, um, admittedly. So the fact that it is working, at least minimally, is a wonderful reflection of self. So I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I'm Lauren. I am a woman. Um, I'm a mother. I have two lovely children um, and a beautiful, loving husband. I recently started a business. This was its second year and it was quite a whirlwind, but it's where I work as a doula um, and a women's health nutrition um, mentor. And the mentoring is based around the womb. So menses, pregnancy, postpartum, all things um, in the core of the womb. Um, yeah, I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, and I actually, that's so interesting to me. Like, I just for my own knowledge, again, in the audience, what is a doula? Yeah, so a doula is, you know, the original term is like a servant to women. Um, and basically what we do is we join women in their progress and in their journey of becoming a mother. Um, oftentimes I'm a birth doula, so I will actually go and attend labor and delivery with my clients. But so much of the work we do is really just education and advocacy for women and making sure that they get the birth that they want, um, making sure that they have the power to say no to the things that they don't desire, um, and really just reminding them of the innate power that women have and how birth is natural. Um, and when we don't touch it, oftentimes it works. Um, so really just getting back to the nurturance of women as a whole. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so interested in that. And maybe we can dig into that uh, a little bit later. So, but yeah, let's just dive in and start explaining a little bit more about what mindfulness is, um, since I hope that that would be the intention of this podcast is to kind of educate on mindfulness and how that um, relates to living a more sustainable lifestyle. So, um, you know, when we connect that mindfulness to the benefits it has in our life and how it can help shift us towards a more sustainable society, I feel like we really start to put all the pieces together. So I'll start with just like a short definition of mindfulness. So mindfulness is the practice of bringing your attention to the present moment. It's an awareness that helps us relate to ourselves, others, and the environment. So that's kind of a broad definition. What does mindfulness mean to you, Lauren? I mean, it says it in that first line for me, mindfulness is being present. It is allowing yourself not to grieve the past and not to worry about the future. It's taking a deep breath in, feeling it into your body, allowing your mind to clear and remembering all that is in front of you now. Um, And then just kind of naturally seeping into this emotion of gratitude for that simple remembrance. What types of things should we be mindful of? Because I feel like it is kind of an elusive term. Um, does that mean like, you know, your thoughts, your behaviors, or kind of what does that look like in everyday life? 
For me, I think the practice of mindfulness is just that. It's a practice. You have to bring it to every single thing that you do. You have to bring it to the way you wash your dishes. You have to bring it to the way you raise your children. You have to bring it to the conversations you have. What is your first thought in the morning? Uh, Where does that take you? Um, How do you stir your tea? What is the intention you set with the water you drink? Um, I mean, mindfulness is truly, if you're going to be present, it should be with you uh, in every moment. I feel like we're all like constantly chasing something. So it is really kind of hard to imagine putting the brakes on and even like taking ourselves out of that autopilot. So I love that you say like even like the water that you're using for your tea and what you're putting in it. It's just like kind of putting the brakes on and living just a little bit slower and trying to see what effects that has in your life. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, for me, like the biggest mindfulness practices is asking myself why. Why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this way? Why, you know, why do I have this question? Why is it so hard to answer? Why do my clothes feel the way that they feel? Why does fragrance make me feel how it makes me feel? So why, I would say, is the greatest mindfulness practice anybody can start. Yeah, it's like reaching uh, just a deeper level of understanding of yourself and the world around you in, in one practice. I love that. Um, what do you like? What benefits do you think that you get out of living more mindfully? I mean, it's it's endless. But I think for me, the most prominent is the ability to know my worth and love myself more. Um, when I meet myself in the moment, I'm, you know, how does my body feel? How does my mind feel? Where are my emotions? How have I nourished myself? You know, and then what kind of outcome does that get for me? Um, So I think just being mindful and making mindful decisions of what I know is going to be best for me, what I know is going to be best for my family and the people that I care for, um, it has just reminded me of my innate worth in existing. And so it makes every other decision feel much smaller. If that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like even for me too, like I I agree with that. Like you're more loving to yourself and content with yourself. So all of the like marketing tactics or ideas or external influence that we usually get that try to like make us happy, quote unquote, make us happy or like think that we need to feel approval from others just kind of really doesn't apply anymore because it really brings it to yourself. And like you said, your loved ones and how you're affecting them and what you're doing, you know, to make them happy and uh, live a fulfilled life, essentially. Yeah. I mean, when we're not chasing something, we get to just be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I kind of get confused with mindfulness and meditation. So is there a difference between mindfulness and meditation? Because I know a lot of people think of meditation as more of an intentional, like structured practice, but I think mindfulness is a little bit more than that. Can you explain that a little bit? I mean, for me, I practice both. Um, I think mindfulness is kind of like a walking practice. It's what you take with you from your meditation and integrate into your life. So I, I kind of feel like the mindfulness is the integration of, you know, the conscious shift we receive during meditation. Um, I love meditation. I love to just sit and be. Um, it doesn't always have to be guided. I think that's something that is, you know, often mistook. I think people feel like they need to be taken somewhere in meditation. Um, But some of my favorite meditations are just sitting on the earth, you know, with my eyes open, just looking to the sky, looking to the leaves, and just kind of letting what passes pass. Because 
it's sitting in the idea of like larger consciousness. That's kind of how I feel meditation is and allowing yourself to exist in the full spectrum of the universe. That's kind of woo. But I mean, (laughs) if we're not trying to connect to something deeper within ourselves through meditation, then what are we trying to do? Right. And yeah, I love that you said like mindfulness, it's something that you can just carry wherever you go and it can be done anywhere. Um, But there's also mindfulness meditation specifically, right? Like not just being mindfulness that you carry in your life, but there's also like specific practices for mindfulness meditation. For sure. And I think that's what really got me into both the practice of mindfulness and meditation. You know, I was super anxious in a really... (laughs) hard chapter of my life when I first started doing like the mindfulness meditation of like five things you can see, five things you can taste, five things you can touch, five things you can hear, you know, just learning how to actually be in the present moment because I think that that's where it should start because as humans, we often don't even know how to be. Like how crazy is that? But we always have, you know, messages to answer to or people who need something from us or hunger or, you know, all the things that our society tells us that we need to do. And so like mindfulness meditation, learning how to be, learning how to like grasp what is the present moment, that's definitely step one. Yeah, I feel like that I'm definitely on the learning starting out end of, um, you know, mindfulness and meditation, and it has completely changed my world. So I'm just really (laughs) excited to like keep developing that and see where it takes me. I'm excited. That is a fun place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you kind of started chatting about like, you know, what led you to start living mindfully? Do you remember like the first experience you had with practicing mindfulness? I know it kind of even goes back to childhood with some people. So yeah, no, I mean, I grew up um, with just a deep love for nature. Uh, I remember just like being a little girl and just playing in my backyard and just, you know, sitting, I would, I would just find sit spots is what I would do. And I would go and just sit in different parts of the garden, like in the vegetable garden or by the roses or by a big tree that I liked and just bring my books or my journals. And I would just sit, you know? Um, and so I think like that was my first unknown mindfulness practice, um, But I really stepped in to like the practice of like trying to be mindful and learning how to be mindful probably, oh gosh, shortly after becoming a mom, just because I was, you know, in an identity crisis of being a young mom and what that means. And there's just an immeasurable amount of anxiety that comes with that. Um, And so I think that's really when I stepped into like, I've got to control myself. Like I've got to get to a place of just calm if I'm going to ever be able to be a mom and like show up for my kid. So um, yeah, I stepped into it, I'd say several years ago and never really stopped, never looked back. Uh, Not saying it's been easy, but it's just, it's changed so much in me that I can't not do it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know, you know, we've kind of briefly talked about sustainability being a mindfulness practice. And I love what you said about that, if you want to share it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything when we come into things with intention um, and we come into things in a mindful way, like I said, if we enter into every moment, you know, being mindful of our values, to me, that's, I think, a huge factor of like 
being able to be sustainable. You know, you have to be able to evolve around your values and change around the things that your life demands of you at the time. But I mean, like sustainability to me is a practice in mindfulness because it's not me. I don't believe that if I live a sustainable life, like I'm going to save the world, you know, like me using reusable cups and not buying paper towels, like that doesn't change the world. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate the actual problem. Um, And so when we take on sustainability as more of a value and more of a lifestyle and more of like a mindfulness practice, we can be gentle on ourselves and understand that by living this, I am constantly learning. I am constantly seeing how the systems and structures around me are shaped to make it not work, to to not be sustainable. Um, And then I let go of that guilt, you know, because this is like the sustainability practice can have so much guilt and shame within it when we start to learn like all of these things that we do that are quote unquote wrong (laughs) or not sustainable. And so I think when we enter into it as a mindfulness practice and less of like a I have to do everything now. We we drop the shame and we allow ourselves to show up how we are and we allow ourselves to actually be more sustainable because the practice is continued rather than halted every time we feel like we've done something wrong. Yeah, I feel like that is what holds a lot of people up from just living sustainably and in a sustainable like longevity type of way is because they just feel that guilt around it. But thinking of it as a value can really shift that and help you to live more sustainably for, you know, the rest of your life, essentially. Uh, There's actually a lot of research that connects mindfulness, like everything that we just mentioned, to sustainable behavior. You know, whenever you're more mindful, it, it really helps like every aspect of your life. There's research on, you know, increased compassion, you know, clarity on your values and your goals, Uh, seeing greater empathy towards other people. And so I just feel like when you're more mindful, it just kind of leads to less consuming and paying attention to those behaviors and less impulse on, you know, what we've always done or what we've always done wrong um, and just kind of focusing on that moment. So it helps you to Uh, build that compassion through mindfulness because it can lead to moral values inside of us to make us help our fellow man and acts for the common good. Social activism, you know, makes us more responsive to climate change. I've actually seen some information that mindfulness resources are given to those who have experienced a, a natural climate disaster because it just helps them to cope so much more with what's going on. Yeah, it's incredible. I feel like I feel like one of the like the best things about like doing the mindfulness aspect of sustainability is like if you're practicing mindfulness, you know, in every moment, then you're not trying to do everything right all of the time. You're just trying to make the best next decision. And when you do it like when you do it that way, when you're just biting off like, oh, my toothpaste is gone. Well, what's the next best decision I can make here? I can go and I can, you know, buy the toothpaste in the plastic bottle or I can research this and see if there's a better way to do it and just start experimenting from there, you know, because if you're making the next best decision, then each decision is going to be made in mindfulness. Right. I I completely agree with that. Um, So I guess my next question then would be, you know, you're kind of talking about this step-by-step movement and how it affects, you know, yourself and your family. I know you're practicing in slow motherhood. Can you explain like what that is and how it how it relates. Yeah. I mean, slow motherhood as a movement is going to be different for 
every mother that you talk to because we all enjoy doing different things. Um, But really just the idea for me of slow motherhood is the practice of really saying no a lot. Um, And that's not necessarily to your children, but that's just to the world around you. You know, can you come to this picnic? Can you come to this event? Can you sign your kid up for this sport? Can they come to camp? You know, it's just like you can so easily give away all of your time and all of your energy um, when the world asks of you. And so really, to me, slow motherhood is saying, no, we're going to be at home. We're going to spend time as a family. We're going to go out for a walk. We're going to watch the sunset every night, you know, like we're going to, we're going to slow down. We're going to enjoy what it means to be together. Um, and we're going to enjoy what it means to like take life as it comes rather than just trying to plan out everything that we need to do. And oftentimes the slowness is where the learning really happens. Like I love to watch my children play outside and discover new bugs or leaves or, you know, finally connect like, oh my gosh, this acorn actually fell from this tree because this tree (laughs) still has acorns on it. You know, it's like, we're kids in my neighborhood. Like there's not a lot of uh, slow parents on my street. Uh, And so like, we're one of the only families who has a garden. Um, And I felt so lucky to get to teach so many of the kids on my street. Like, this is how your food is made. Like a lot of them had not made the connection that like, peppers come from a pepper plant or peppermint comes from a leaf. And so, you know, when we just connect back to nature, just innately in the most simple ways, like it's just such a tool for education and the expansion of children's minds. Right. So it seems to be that they're, you know, learning by example and you're like explicitly telling them, you know, (laughs) this is where that connection comes from. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you kind of mentioned the connection between human and nature and that how, you know, that can help to, I guess, cultivate that sense of mindfulness and where your food is coming from. What does it, you know, look like to be more mindful in nature and kind of have that connection? I mean, it's really pretty simple. I think that a lot of us probably experienced it in our childhood where we just went outside with nothing to do. Um, And, you know, with no direction, I'm not going to go for a walk. I'm not going to have a dead, like a destination of where I need to journey to in order to be complete, but just kind of like a wandering. Um, And I think we lose that as adults because one, we don't have the time to go outside and just wander unless we create it. Um, And second of all, if we go out in nature, we're usually doing something else. We're on our phones, we're listening to a podcast or we're listening to music, all things I love, but um, I try to do not while I'm in nature. When I like, I think that the easiest way for us to like connect to nature is just fully be in nature. Um, you know, and so that's not going to look like always just going to the park and seeing, you know, the trees and the things that we have done as humans to nature, but that's going, you know, to naturally unstructured places and listening to wild water and like looking at the tops of the trees and seeing how the wind comes from one direction but the leaves are going to go in four different directions because of the height and because because of the depth and like the ways that the leaves are shaped like you just you learn so much just by simply sitting in nature it is impossible to not connect it back to your being because you're like oh my gosh like I can't see the wind, but I can see everything it touches and everything it changes. You know, same with our thoughts. Like there's so much of us we can't see and our energy, there's so much we can't express to people like physically with words. But if people watch us or if we spend time with people, we can really begin to like, just like in nature, we can feel them and we can feel the connection that we have to this person. 
um, if we just allow ourselves to. So I think connecting to nature can help us connect to not only wanting to protect the earth, but like wanting to protect each other and wanting to do better for our family and wanting to do better for the people who maybe don't have that deep connection to nature. So they don't understand what's at stake. Right. Yeah. I, whenever you say disconnect completely and like just be in nature, that is way harder than some people think it is. Like the other day, I seriously just tried to go 10 minutes without any screens at all and just like be and observe. And it was really hard. Like usually, you know, you still have a pain going off on your phone and pick it up and just have some other uh, outside force that's that's kind of taking you away from that beauty of nature and that connection. But yeah, absolutely. I think that it is something that, you know, whenever we're more connected to nature, we're more inclined to protect it and and the people on it. So I think that's beautiful. I, my extent to really is, is um, looking at the stars at night. I feel like that's a good way for me to kind of feel, it's almost like a meditation because I feel that something is bigger than me force, mm-hmm. but also it brings me to to nature and how we are all on this earth together um, and just kind of floating through space, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love the stars. I remember as a child just laying on my driveway. Uh, I lived in Oklahoma, so we had a lot of big sky uh, and just looking at the stars, you know, just as a kid, like, what are they? Like, what is out there? And it's so fun as an adult to revisit that and still have like you have more answers, but you're still like, there's just so much that we don't know. There's so much space out there that we still have to learn about. Yeah. And I feel like that anyone um, has access, even if you live in a city, you can still kind of find nature in, in a bigger city like that. Like you can try to find the stars or even seeing like a sunrise or a sunset, like that is nature, even though you might be surrounded by concrete buildings it's still that connection to something so yeah I mean and it gets you know I've I've thought about this now you know living how we are everyone being at home and a lot of my friends don't have access to nature like they live in apartments and they don't have outdoor spaces or they don't have patios or anything like that Um, and so a wonderful thing to do is to just plan nature into your day like it's so easy to stay inside. It's so easy to just only look at nature from your window. But, you know, no matter the weather, we can bundle up and we can spend five or 10 minutes outside, like touching trees or just breathing in fresh air, feeling the cold wind on our face. Connecting to nature is 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 attainable to everyone. And even if you don't want to leave your house, you can connect to like the elements. So, you know, you can light a candle probably without fake fragrance or else you're not really going to connect. But, uh, you know, or you can burn some incense or you can uh, even have a plant in your house. Oh, for sure. Like that is one of the easiest ways to connect to plants. Um, I practice Reiki, which is like an energy healing. And you can actually really like receive a lot of positive energy from plants if you intentionally sit um, and share space with them. So that's kind of woo, but like really connecting to nature is the most natural innate human experience. Um, So if we seek it out, we will very easily find meaning in it. So you've touched before on how humans or women specifically are nature. Can you, and you know, you teach women this, I I feel like through your wellness womb. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit more? 
So women's bodies connect to nature in the same way that seasons connect to the earth. So there are four phases of a woman's cycle and there are four seasons of a year. Um, And if we go deeper into these phases of a woman's cycle, we see reflections of each season. So for instance, the luteal phase, um, that's the phase that comes right before a woman starts her period. And this is what we call the inner fall. So this is the part where, you know, things kind of start to feel a little bit less energetic. Um, We want to be socializing less. We really want to start thinking about how we can take care of ourselves. Um, And we really kind of, if you think about it, we go into that same place as fall because everyone's like, winter is coming. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive the darkness? Um, And it's the same way for women. I mean, our periods are a time that are created innately by nature for us to go inward and reflect. You know, it's it's no mistake that we get irritated when we're bleeding. Um, it's because our bodies are doing so much work. We are truly expressing and like releasing all that we did not use in a month. You know, so as a woman, yeah. our body creates a new uterine lining every month in preparation to potentially create life. I mean, how incredible is that? Like women are the great creators. We yeah. exist so that we can create and evolve and then release what we didn't use and what we didn't need and then start over. Um, So if we look at a woman's cycle, like we look at the moon phases or we look at the seasons, um, they go the same. In the dark season, it's going to be a time to, you know, like take care of yourself and eat warm foods and stay warm. Um, And then after you're going to notice it's going to be more like a spring, you enter into more energy, you feel lively because you're on the other side of the darkness. It's really just seasons and cycles and it it goes really really deep I could I could talk about it no I had no idea that it was so connected like it's seriously like all in rhythm you know nature to our bodies and I I really never put two and two together yeah and like if you really start to talk to your friends and like if you really track it like I track my cycle with the moon and so (laughs) like I know just based on where the moon is at what my bleeding is going to be like and when I'm going to start bleeding you know, and then you can get, if you really start to track it and pay attention to it, you can get to the point where you know your cycle so innately and so deeply that you know when you're ovulating, you know when you're menstruating. And so you just kind of have like this natural birth control, which seems super sustainable in my opinion, because you don't have to rely on any outside source or put anything into your body to create, you know, a flow in what is already natural. Right. So, I mean, kind of with that, how does that, you know, connect with just self-care and nutrition, I guess, with how we could sustainably do that and listen to our bodies? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's changed everything. I try my best to always eat, you know, with each phase of my cycle. I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, super crazy about it because I want freedom as well. That's what makes it sustainable. Um But if you eat with your cycle and you eat with the seasons, you know, typically if you even if you take away the woman's cycle and if you just want to be someone who eats, you know, sustainably and cyclically, then you're going to eat whatever's at the farmer's market. You're going to eat what is naturally in season. Um, And that is not only 
going to be greater for the earth because of soil rotations and crop rotations and what is naturally available and sustainable to us at that time. But that's actually going to be way better for your body too. Your body is naturally going to be reacting to those nutrients more um, because it's what it needs. Like if we have the lack of sunshine in the winter, then we need to be eating root vegetables that are high in, veg- you know, high in vitamin D and iron and all of these things that we're not getting from spending time outside. Right. It's like feeding yourself with the earth and then kind of giving back to it at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we are nature, you know, so we need to evolve and we need to adapt and we need to live by the rules of nature uh, if we really want life to be sustainable. I love that. Well, is there anything else that you specifically kind of want to touch on before we kind of wrap up? Um, I think the only thing that I always like to talk about when talking about sustainability is do what you can. (laughs) I mean, it's super easy to get super overwhelmed and to be like, I can't do any of this. This is, I can't do it. And a lot of people, especially right now and myself starting out financially, it's super daunting to think about all these things you need to invest in to make yourself more sustainable. Right. Um, But the most sustainable practice you're going to have is using what you have now, you know, so this can be as simple as, you know, reusing jars that you have in your home. Um, keeping, you know, what you have instead of buying something new. I know most of the furniture in our home is hand down, like hand-me-downs and and just, like I said earlier, making the next best decision. So right. you don't have to spend a ton of money to be sustainable. Um, you just have to start where you're at. <laughs> and being being mindful is free. Like it is yeah. literally just something that we can do. And it, it really does change those behaviors we do just for something that's going on in our minds. <laughs> yeah. Well, so every week we kind of touch on something to grow on, which is essentially sharing something that will help the listeners to think or grow until the next week rolls around. So I would love for you, if you're willing to walk us through, you know, maybe a mindfulness practice or um, a practice that they can do in nature and just start trying it out today. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm going to conjoin two things that are my favorite, um, and that is writing and nature. So I'm going to challenge everyone to kind of start a nature journal, um, not in your phone, not on the notes on your iPhone, not on your laptop, but on a physical piece of paper in a physical notebook that you can take outside in nature with you. Um, and then I just encourage you to go every day for a week. Is it what it is? Is that how long the, yeah. well, the growth is? Hey, the, they're just I mean, trying. forever, please. Yeah, forever. <laughs> but just go outside. Uh, and when you first sit out there, write how you're feeling when you first went to go outside or even write it down before you go outside. I'm feeling, it can be as basic as that. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling nothing. Whatever it is, write down how you're feeling before you go outside. Um, and then go and be outside. You can take your journal with you if you're really into it and write down, you know, new things you see in nature. Um, again, do this with nothing in your ears, <laughs> no sound, no podcasts. Turn your phone on airplane mode, please, and just be. Um, and then when you're done, after you've sat in nature, I would challenge at least 10 minutes. Um if you can't do 10 minutes, then I encourage 20 because you probably need it even more. Yeah. Um, and then when you're done, write down how you feel after. Um, for me, I get like huge ideas when I'm out in nature. So I'll start out writing how I'm feeling. I'll come back to it. I'll, you know, write how I'm feeling after, which is always improved um, and a little less scatterbrained. And then typically I'll write like three pages. Um 
So I encourage them to give that a try. See if being outside helps connect you deeper to yourself. Um, and if innately connecting deeper to yourself encourages you to connect even deeper to nature and the world around you. Yeah, I think that prompt is fantastic because I do have a lot of trouble myself even coming up with what to write. Like I would love to be able to to journal and write that down, but just even observing and writing down what you observe and it can just fill the spaces we didn't know we needed to fill. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, we think that journaling has to be so profound. It has to be like earth shattering information. But, you know, it can be like, you know what, today is December 4th and I saw red berries on a tree for the first time. Never noticed them there. But, you know, like I have a nature journal and every year it's like, like this year, I was like, there's these purple flowers this spring that I've never seen before. How did I miss them? Because they're gorgeous, you know, and now I'm never going to forget them. Now I'm going to every season go and run and look for the purple flowers. So really just like writing your observations and being present with them can change your life because then you become deep, deeply ingrained with the seasons. You understand like what flowers pop up when and why and where to look for them um, and how to just connect and be excited for each coming season, even if they're not your favorite ones. Ugh. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Um, I'll tag it in the show notes, but if you just want to share like where where can people connect with you, where's the best place for them to find you at? Yeah, I'd say I'm most active on Instagram. I try to take, you know, one thing and run with it. Uh, so Instagram, my handle is at Lauren Wimmer. Um, and then my website is wellnesswomb.com. Um, and then I actually started a podcast this year as well, and it's called The Ritual of Feeling. Um, and you can find that on Spotify. Awesome. Well, I hope that people connect with you because you are just such a wealth of knowledge. And um, I'm just really thankful that you were able to join us. So thank you so much, Lauren. And um, hopefully you go with peace and calm like you always do. Yes, I actually plan on getting out in nature right after I'm done talking to you. So awesome. <laughs> I will definitely be in peace. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details. And let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts, Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram, at Hometown Earth, or connect with me at Lena Sanford. We all know change needs to happen, so let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.